hello. You're listening to Kupo Talks, uh, a podcast about niche things, but also other things. I'm your host, uh, Mognite, also known as Reynard, also known as RJ, by my lovely host, Andrew. Hey, it's me, Andrew, um, also known as uh, Summer Kurtz on Twitter and among other things. And we're here for the anniversary episode of Kupo Talks. No, no, we... We talked about this. This is not the anniversary episode. Whatever. Just because our last episode was 52 <laughs> weeks ago, I think. It was. I um, remember. Um, does not make this the anniversary episode. Anyway, let's uh, move on. Let's, uh, uh, how you been? I've been okay. You know, I just actually finished um, college. You know, so I've been just doing post-college stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, oops. I actually worked, uh, so I think a week ago was Anime Expo, yeah. by the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. And for the past three years, I have been going to Anime Expo, but rather working on a food truck. You always come home like you're about to die. <laughs> no, but this year's different. So like last year, uh, a very awful heat stroke, mm-hmm. or sorry, uh, heat wave, wave hit downtown LA, making it 100 degrees. Plus the condition of working in literally a metal box. With ovens and grills on and fryers. It, like, it adds like 10 degrees. But this year is actually pretty chill. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you're pretty, you're like a block down from the venue. Mm-hmm. You got kind of kicked out of the old venue. Yeah. But you know, we tried new things. Uh, I had fun. It's kind of refreshing because honestly... So like, what I what I studied in college, you know, the teaching stuff, mm-hmm. and then doing all the cooking stuff mm-hmm. are like two different things. Mm-hmm. So mentally, like it's both mentally challenging in a way. Right. And being on that food truck is kind of refreshing. Yeah. Even I also haven't worked there in like a year. It was fun. And you always happen to throw yourself out there at the most busiest time. Yeah, cause cause I I get paid well. But yeah. it's also fun. Yeah, you know, I heard you saw customer. some people this year, though. Yeah, you know, I saw. I well, first I saw some cool cosplayers, some old friends. You know, people who go to AX. Um, I saw some people I follow on Twitter, like artists, like Kanuko, mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, a game developer, uh, James. Sorry to butcher his last name, Mon Montagna or something. He works at a uh, Way Forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to serve some cool people at Atlas. I saw Harada, James Zan, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Gutex. It's pretty cool. But, you know, they, they hang around our food truck because our boss is, like, friends with them. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, your food's really good. I've had it multiple times. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. That's why I work there and eat their food. How have you been? Um, so, I'm home for the next two weeks I have a break from work um, my girlfriend is in Switzerland so I have nothing to do uh, besides sit around here and hang out with you but um, you know I've been watching some stuff on Netflix things like uh, Tacos Chronicles yeah. which is very near dear to my heart um, if you're into food documentaries or just like watching good food be made and maybe see the history behind some things or maybe learn a little bit about 
you know, what you've been eating for years of your life and never really knew that there was variations of it. Uh, it's a really good thing to watch. Came out, I think, last week. Yeah. Six episodes, real quick. Um, it goes with like uh, John Favreau chef show as like being some of the most uh, recent food documentaries that I've seen. So I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. Alongside, um, I've been watching Bojack Horseman, but uh, you know, most everyone has. It's pretty good. But. Um, I don't know. How about video games? You been doing any of that video gaming? I gotta say it like that, man. Because that's what the people say on yes. Twitter. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, since it's summer, like the break, I've been like bouncing off games into here, here and here and there. Um, the last one I played, the last big one, I guess, uh, I started getting into Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah, I you know. told you not to. When you told me, all right, it is. Here's the thing: I'm not paying for subscription yet, okay? Because the free trial is up to level 35. Okay. And you know, like, even if I pay for the free trial, which is twelve dollars, right? Like it's still not an issue. It's twelve dollars. It's twelve dollars could have bought you some fried shrimp. Think of it that way, dude. In this day and age, like. You pay for like a Hulu subscription. You pay for a Netflix subscription. Fair. You pay for probably like Amazon Prime. Yeah, I do. You pay like a couple of Twitch streamers. You no. sub to them. Well, yeah, Patreons. <laughs> and like you support your artists that way. Like you support That's them. True. And it's like you're supporting Square Enix. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. No, I don't mean anything bad. <laughs> I don't, no, I don't no, know, no, man. No, no, it's good. I you mean, made it, you made it game. seem. Like... No, 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 no. As long as. Tell me how you're enjoying it. See, I'm enjoying it because it's kind of nostalgic because I grew up playing MMORPGs. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the first one being like Maple Store with friends, you right. know. Uh, I played a little bit of RuneScape. Mm-hmm. Even not like the traditional 2D, 3D, like uh, multiply, or multi, multiplayer massive onlines like um, Assassin's, Assassin's Quest, right? No, uh, you're talking about... Oh, it's um something assassins. It's ultimate assassins. Ultimate assassins. Ultimate assassins. It's like there's that, and like even just like general, mm-hmm. like big multiplayer games. Like yeah. I grew up playing that stuff, mm-hmm. and like after the fireworks, <laughs> after um like after like high school or like after even like middle school. Like, I fell off with that kind of stuff, most because, like, my friends aren't playing. Yeah. But getting back into, or getting into Final Fantasy fourteen, now that I have a high-end computer, you can also play on a PS4. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But, um, it's kind of nostalgic. And, like, just doing side quests. Mm-hmm. Just generally chilling. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, super high stress. And, like, the thing about the beginning game of Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. Is that you could easily solo up to like level fifty mm-hmm. by just doing the main story quest. Right, right. And like so far, I've been having a good time. Like I like the Final Fantasy series. Right. Uh, the reason why I got into it is because uh, I was talking to one of my coworkers on the food truck. Right. We're talking all about like Final Fantasies one through um fifteen, mm-hmm. and then like he mentioned fourteen, and it's like. With all like the surrounding hype because of uh, the new expansion pack, I'm like maybe I should give this a try. Then I gave it a try, 
Then I'm really enjoying myself. Well, now take that, Mister. <laughs> you shouldn't be getting into this. Well, I mean, I just I have really bad buyer's remorse, and so I guess I take it upon myself to stop you from making poor financial nope. decisions. Well, like the thing is, your decisions affect yourself really badly sometimes. Yes, they do. Now you know. I'm not going to that. I'm also playing uh, an old video game called Galaxy Angel, based off an anime series called Galaxy Angel. Um, the first visual novel released in 2002. Right. Why did I think it was a Saturn game? It's not because um, the art style kind of looks like it would be on the front cover of a Saturn game. Okay. Yes. So it's like a dating sim. Uh, it's also like sci-fi. Right. Um, so like my first exposure with Galaxy Angel was actually a fan-based Newgrounds dating sim that stole all the characters from Galaxy Angel. That's a pull. And then recently I found a poster uh-huh. of a like like an advertisement selling Galaxy Angel figures. Uh-huh. Like uh and like the game. That right. It's like it has like Windows ninety eight. It's like the figures, uh, and it's uh, like all the prices are all in yen. Yeah. Somehow sitting in my closet. Wait, really? Yeah. Why didn't you show me when I got here? Cause I forgot about it until oh. I saw. I back out our notes. It's <laughs> yeah, oh, Galaxy okay. Angel. That is fair. Like, show oh, me that's after. That's right. But um, it's really cool. Uh, the anime is just like basically comedy, mm. and so far I'm enjoying myself with Galaxy Angel. Mm-hmm. I think all the characters are cool. It's also an interesting battle system. Right. So it's like there's a dating sim part, and then there's the mission system. Okay. So basically, uh, it becomes like this kind of like, basically, it's uh, space combat. Okay. Is it like Sakura Quest? You think about Sakura Wars? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, it's it's similar, but like, so it's similar in the sense that there's a story. And then there's a main mission you have mm-hmm. to do. And then more story happens. Mm-hmm. But in here, the battle is that you get to command, like, these ships on, like, a battlefield plane. And since mm-hmm. it's in space, it's kind of like 360. Right. And it's kind of like an RTS where you have to pick your uh, your ships. And then you have to go target other ships. Mm-hmm. And, like, they give you a mission background. It's really cool. It's really early 2000s. Right. You know? It reminds me of other games that I used to play that are set in space. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole reason I like it because it's set in space. Yeah. And I like space. Space is good. <laughs> the idea of uh, space battles. Yeah. And stuff. That's why I like Star Fox. Star Fox is pretty good. Anyways, have you been playing any games? Uh, mostly two. So for the last two weeks, I've been playing... Uh, Resident Evil 2019. Um, I just beat oh, Claire A. Did you mean Resident Evil 2? Yes. Sorry. Um, I just beat Claire A. And I'm... I think maybe... I'm almost done with Leon B. I just left the uh, police headquarters for the second time. So basically what you're saying is you completed one of the stories and one of the characters. Yes. And then doing the second story. Yes. That takes place concurrently with the first story. Yes. But it's a different character. Yes. And then it's there's the Ghost Survivors content. 
that yeah. I haven't touched yet. And then there's the... Is that the one you get to play as the Tofu Man? No, no, no. That's, um, that's Fourth Survivor. Oh, that, that, that's like the separate stories yes. of the yeah. other things. Yeah. I'm just excited to play as the Tofu Man. Uh, I, like I mean, him. I'll buy it if you want to play the Tofu Man. Yeah. It's like it really and... hard. <laughs> but he's cool, though. He's yeah. a piece of tofu with a knife. Yeah. The knife is terrible in this game. Well, actually, no. If you unlock your frame rate, if you play on PC, that knife does like stupid amounts of damage. Because the damage to the knife is yeah, uh, it's like directly connected to, to the cycles. To, and, um... Yeah. So if like you're running it at stupid frame rates, you get like eight hits out of one swing, which is pretty good. Um, so nice. I've been playing that, um, having a really good time. It's been a very long time since I've played a Resident Evil game. I think the last one I played was six. I didn't ever touch seven as much as I wanted to touch yeah. seven. Um, I played half of six, and then I think you and I like will turn on four every once in a while. I think the last time we played it was as a group playing out of the week. Yeah, right. yeah, which is a bit ago. So no, I think I played five after I played six. A bad one. Yes, <laughs> yes. No, six is the bad one. Five is the not as good as four <laughs> one. Well, like coming after four, you know. Yeah. Five and six have been like, not a- interesting to me. Anyway, uh, two is really good. I'm yeah. It, I mean, it. Everyone talks about it. It's it's a really good game. Um, I don't like playing as Leon. I prefer playing as Claire. I just feel more secure playing Claire. I like her weapon set better. Uh, I prefer the grenade launcher over the shotgun, basically. Um, But besides that, it's the game I've been playing for months now. Uh, I've been playing Nobu's Nagas. Nobunaga's Ambition Taishi. A menu simulator. Which this is less menu simulator than Sphere of Influence. Um, if and I mean it's a niche series if no one's familiar with Nobunaga's Ambition it's a historical simulation uh, game where you're basically uh, take control of a what is essentially a tribe or a fiefdom and you're trying to either take over Japan I think you have an option of capturing it either militarily or through politics um but it's a game that i kind of just turn on and i guess i just kind of relax to kind of like how you play uh, american truck simulator it's not super engaging to like like resident evil how dare you driving is engaging it's a different kind of engagement (laughs) um where it's kind of looking through menus developing your controlled lands and specifically in that one, which is why over I moved over from ambition to Taishi, is the battle system is so much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays like a simulator of that quality should, where you're moving different divisions on a battlefield, and terrain matters, and vision cones matter, and um, ambushes and raiding matters. So, like yeah. any simulation game, it's all about flanking, not really brute forcing things, unless like you're really confident in your troops. Um, yeah, it's like similar to um, if you ever like seen footage of like a total war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Total, it's total empire where it's like 
You just command these ranks. And yeah. And you just go forward. Yeah. Uh, except there's significantly, significantly less, like, uh, troop choice. It's either regular troops, cavalry, or um, musket men, basically. But um, it's a good time. I'm really enjoying myself. It's just a game I'm always playing. I haven't done anything else besides that. i just been kind of chilling for the most part. Just chilling. You know, it's summer. At the time of this recording, it's summer. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, there's not, not a lot except stuff. But, um, you know, something that we both watched, and it's going to be our main topic for today... It's uh, Aggressico season two. Yeah. Like, um, when Aggressico first came out, like, was it like two years ago? One year ago? Yeah. Um, like, it was really touching to me because, like, we were both, um, like, in our mid, late, or mid and soon to be late 20s. No, we're not in our late 20s. We're early we're, to mid 20s. Well, it's like we're, we're on the cusp. Yes. Yeah. But we're in our mid 20s. You know, and it's like it's the first season's all about the workhorse, yeah. Like navigating that while also navigating your own like anxieties or like struggles and, and stuff. Trying to find internalized happiness and satisfaction in your life. Yeah, and like uh, then came the Christmas special. You know. Yeah. The main ball who that was. So, <laughs> spoiler alert: the end of a a Gretzico for our main or for one of our main boys, Haida. Yep. You know. It poorly didn't go so well ends poorly and then like the christmas episode is like the aftermath of that yep and like i thought it was just really cool how it's like they went that route mm-hmm. instead of like you know a stereotypical question it's like yeah of course i'll date you yeah instead of but, like haida has to do with that and i think it's really cool to see not it's not really cool that ha- that happened to him mm-hmm. but you know i think all of us saw it coming even haida but as long as he in a way shot his shot and he, he did yeah and he has props for shooting the shot but you know you know you can't like always expect it to go well so in uh, season two um it's kind of more like that but more mostly on like other things matchmaking so it's like matchmaking love romance and like the idea of settling down yeah but uh how did you see the season overall I think my favorite portion of this season was the conflict between Gori and why am I forgetting her name? The secretary bird. I um, her name escapes me at the moment, but um, their conflict between well, the idea that should people get married is marriage right for everyone and um kind of this conflict that even though gory's trying really hard what was her name again washimi 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 is her name yeah washimi and gory uh washimi telling gory that not everyone's fit for marriage and how washimi kind of gave up and even though gory is trying her trying so hard may not be for the best and it may not be for her and kind of seeing uh Retsuko kind of stuck between that uh I found very interesting 
Because obviously she can't pick sides because yeah. they're her two friends. And kind of seeing how they kind of get over it and kind of seeing them opening up to each other about like Washimi's marriage and about Gory's insecurities that she's getting older and hasn't found anyone yet. Um, I think that was at least my favorite part of the season. Yeah, that's actually like a really interesting um, part for me too. Just the idea of like these two supposed best friends, Washimi and Gori, yeah. and like just one day Washimi just gets really drunk uh-huh. and just lays it all out. Yep. And like Gori gets really offended. Yep. And like with their personalities, they tend to like butt heads with each other, and then just like <laughs> Retsu- Retsuko just caught up in between them. Mm. And I was like, it makes it hard for the both of them. But, you know, especially how, like, Washimi just dropped that bomb. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I was married before. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, that's a really good part. Like, if mm. you're a Retsuko, how would you deal with that situation? Would he just do the same thing and mm. not get in their way? Okay. To get very real, people, people that we know have... I mean, I know people that have started to have kids. I know people that have started to get married. I I don't know anyone that's got divorced yet. But um, I think I'm more of Washimi's kind of side, is that marriage isn't for everyone. Marriage isn't also the end-all, be-all of your personal happiness. Um... I considered it to be incredibly selfish for someone to depend on someone else for their happiness. Yeah. And happiness should always be internalized and should always come from within. And seeing marriage as kind of like solution to all your problems is really short-sighted. Yeah. It's like that's kind of like what leads to divorce. Or like yeah. Yeah. Kind of like leads to troubles in relationship. Yeah. But um, what I also found the next, uh, the next most interesting, I guess, to phrase it really poorly, is Retsuko's conflict with uh, Anai, because that harkens super hard to like what I went to school for and the people that I was kind of forced to um, collaborate with. Um, so I, w- I went to business school. I'm basically done. And you kind of see a lot of anais at kind of the business school I went to. People that are kind of there to get their peace and get out. And don't want to be re- kind of responsible for anything besides what they were responsible to do. And like HR exists for a reason. But HR can also be used poorly or selfishly for uh, immediate gain. And even though what Anai did is technically correct in business ethics, I mean, personally, it's it's like super a dick move on everyone who he ever interacted with. Um, because you're trying to create a, at least in American business, you're trying to create a collaborative environment, but seeing that show, which is, you know, um, Japanese business oriented based, it's a very difficult thing to kind of 
at least fully understand. Yeah. Since I've never been worked, I, I have never worked for a Japanese company. But, um, yeah, Anai really, really dug into me while I watched a lot of that. Yeah. So, a lot of the things you wanted to talk about um, were, like, basically these three main characters that get introduced in Season 6. Yep. One of them being Anai. And, like, with me personally, like, I know your feelings about Anai. But it's, like, with me... So, basically, what he did in in the series was um, when he gets confronted, right? Mm-hmm. He chooses to, like, he gets, or, yeah, he gets, like, confronted by Retsuko about a mm-hmm. certain thing. Mm-hmm. So, and he spends his time, like, um, indirectly confronting Retsuko. Yeah. And, like, we see that twice, um, or multiple times. But, like, basically twice with Haida and Retsuko mm-hmm. that he'd done that before. Um, no, like, he does it to Tan as well. I think. Yeah, it's like later. Like, that's how he gets reported to you. Yeah. HR. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, what, the way I see Anai is like as his fresh face, and it's like he wants to. For, for me, he actually feels like it feels like he wants to, like, get better at the company. Right. But since, like, he's so new, and, like, even, like, the other characters make reference to it, how, like, he's probably, like, fresh out of college, and, like, um, Probably doesn't want to get fired. Yeah. And it's like he he wants to learn all this stuff. But he has like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. In which like I don't think he can hit criticism really well. And it's like he tends to over extrapolate what other people say. And like he gets really defensive with like criticism. Even like the basic one. It's like he can't answer a phone well. Yeah. And it's like how dare you. Yeah. And he's like slaps his hands on his desk. But um. Like, one thing that really stuck out to me, too, was uh, there's this one scene of when Anai is in his house. I think that's the first time we see at his house. Yeah. And, like, all he has in his house was that chair. Yeah. Everything else is packed up in boxes. Yeah. And, like, even what he brings for lunch to work is, like, a box, a yeah. bento of food, right? Yeah. And it's, like, he's just really that person who really boxes himself in. And, like, even though he puts on that friendly face. Mm-hmm. He, he has like. I think he's just really scared. <laughs> of like, yeah. You know? Again, it's like I don't understand the, I don't understand Japanese business culture. Yeah. That well, obviously like the only way I've known of it is through like reading work articles about yeah. Japanese culture and like yeah whatever is portrayed in media. Mm-hmm. I've never really read how criticism, at least professionally, should be taken. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think in like in general, like the the human sense, you know, uh-huh. it's like when I criticize you on a thing, like because you're a good person, you uh-huh. like accept it, and because you're mature, uh-huh. you know, like try to work on it, right? Mm-hmm. If it's like honest criticism. Yeah. Both like an eye, he just like gets super defensive to the <laughs> point where like it scares other people. Mm. And I've met people like that. Um, I had an incident uh, during my last year of business school where, um, it, and it might have also been because of just different communication styles. Yeah. Um, like the way an I communicate this thing. Like, yeah. So I had French exchange students in my group in business school. And the way that we collaborated wasn't, 
what we were used to. Um, so to extrapolate, my group, it was myself, who, I mean, I consider myself American. Um, <laughs> I hope so. The, our, uh, one of the guys was Armenian. A girl was a Russian national. And then we had two French exchange students. Yeah, it's like a pretty diverse it's group. It's very of diverse. Cultures. But for the most part, myself, the Armenian guy, and the Russian girl got along pretty well. We were very direct with what we wanted and how to give how to give criticism and how to receive it. Um, and the two French partners were a little more subtle about what they wanted and how they wanted to do things and were very indirect unless it was via emails or written mm -hmm. then they were direct because speaking to them they were incredibly agreeable or said nothing at all and so i can see situations how retsuko deals with an eye how that could be blown really out of proportion because we had an incident where some work was not done to the quality that we expected it to be done mm -hmm. and one of our one of the french partners ended up like blowing up and cursing at us all over messages not not, yeah, not per in person not and it was really weird like as kind of retsuko was really surprised when she receives the email like she freaks out i freaked out because I didn't really expect yeah. that that so, kind of response in what is relative it's just it was a senior level business class you don't really expect that level of reaction anymore yeah, like, you're kind know, of expected like, yeah. Yeah, it's to, like the confrontation yeah, part of it you're expected to react professionally not emotionally yeah yeah or I guess in a nice case it wasn't super emotional it's just very threateningly worded i guess i, I think like the the response like worded like emotional because yeah. like he felt attacked yeah right yeah and like that provoked him to write those emails but like the thing with anai too is um how later on he kind of quote-unquote redeems himself yeah uh with the whole food stall incident mm. Yes, yeah, like as you were saying earlier, like I think Renai er, Anai has that problem of um, expressing himself and in like, a different medium than yeah, I guess like people used to. Like he's one of the people I think would like be like a strong writer and like yeah. be like a good typer, but it's like how he deals with situations in terms of like, um, like he has he puts on his friendly face, but like connecting with people is really difficult yeah and like the only person he really connected to was um what's her name like tabai i think it's tabai yeah with like tabai because tabai being a mother of three children like understands kind of like or he i feel like tabai was like really empathetic towards anai. kabai yeah kabai right yeah was empathetic towards anai and like they connected because of what was inside a nice box, which is right. his bento, which is yeah. his food, which is like his octopus cut wieners. Super right? proud of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's the first instance I felt where like Anai could really trust somebody mm -hmm. and relate. Yeah. 
because like they both have they both like talk about like bentos like yeah. what's inside you know and like that's how um Tabai convinces Anai like to take on that responsibility and like if you notice before before all that like Anai was just standing around and like he kind of basically with his body language saying he refuses to work with anything or participate yeah but it turns out like in his mind he was always willing to do it mm-hmm. but like no one asked him or no one approached him correctly I guess yeah, or like everyone else was like intimidated by him yeah. at that point but uh, once Anai opens up and like once at the end of the episode or at the beginning of the next episode like he starts selling bento boxes to everybody mm. and like which showcases something he's passionate about and like you know it's becomes a talking point at the office as I think was really cool to see at least in this season even though the Anaya part was like two episodes it was like sprinkled I guess but it's like the first half yeah 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 but it's I, I think I don't know a lot of people don't like Anai because of like his initial uh, yeah actions and demeanors mm-hmm. but like for me I feel like I like Early on in like college, I felt like a little bit of an eye on myself in terms of um, I didn't handle criticism well, mm-hmm. and like I tend to box myself away from right. social situations. But like, I don't know. Seeing him, I think he's cool. I he's got he's gotten cool. If he just stayed like a jerk, then I would. Yeah, no, him. yeah, yeah, definitely. Those yeah. uh, those situations. I hope I never find myself in. Yeah, maybe you know. At least again. Maybe you'll you'll find some uh, uh, some uh, freshman who like doesn't take criticism well. I oh. actually read a story that was like really really bad. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was an editor mm-hmm. and like a writer, and like the editor was like, um, "This is because he was talking about the thing you put clothes in, which is a hamster." Yes. Or a hamper, right? A hamper. And then like she spelled it like the word the animal, the hamster. Mm-hmm. And, like, the editor was, like, telling her, like, like, it's not spelled, it's, like, hamper is spelled with a P. Yeah. And then, like, the girl was, like, no, I always spelled it this way. I always spelled it without the P. And then it escalated to the point where, like, she called her mom, like, to tell her off to the editor, who was basically her boss at that point. Uh-huh. And, like, <laughs> the article, I think, was, like, had the headline to clickbait you into thinking like this is what millennials do mm-hmm. but you know it it kind of feels real in the sense that sometimes especially like younger people could be so like coddled or raised up in a certain kind of bubble yeah and like it, it kind of like feels to me and i was like raised up in that way right he's able because i the way he did it with like so, or, like confronted Agretzico and Haida with such speed like and such reactions like he's probably done this before right multiple times right well you know so uh, the smaller relevant anecdote and this is I'm not trying to generalize it just makes sense from what I understand is truly Japanese her uncle has a son and she she was mostly raised in America and she describes that son 
to be one of the worst mm-hmm. like acting child she's ever met because the child gets everything. Yeah. As the son, that child can do whatever he wants. And maybe that's particular to how her uncle is raising that child. It could be a reflection of how maybe some people are raised. And it's not particularly Japanese. Here in America, you see helicopter yeah. parents everywhere. I mean, I'm pretty sure maybe you've dealt with it yeah, in your yeah. professional you know, being, experience. Uh, being exposed to like... So my professional experience is that I'm a teacher and like being involved with like like middle schools and high schools and like meeting their parents but also um seeing how the kids are and comparing them to like or seeing how the kids are and like comparing them to like their parents and like what do they do and it's like you know when you get kids that come into the school and like they act a certain way that doesn't always mean they act that way at home mm-hmm. but like when they're away from the eyes of their parents like that's like when the true personality shows mm-hmm. And they only get that way because they're influenced by their parents, their surroundings, their environment. Right. So it's like sometimes you get a kid who's like an absolute jerk, <laughs> and but like their parents vouch for him. Like no, no, when he's at home, like um, he's really good, he's really obedient. But like when you're like talking to him and like working with that mm-hmm. jerk, and he starts to know more about him, like, but how like how do the actual parents actually take care of him? And like what situations they might be, but um, yeah, and like do you bring that back to an eye? Like we don't know how he's raised. We only know him by like these few episodes you see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but you could I, yeah. extrapolate a lot of that. Well, because the great thing about Gretzko is, I see how a lot of these situations are very possible. Yeah, and and it's like even with very season believable. one. Yeah, even with season one, it's like. It feels too real. Yeah. Like even watching season two, I had to like start and stop. Like, if you watch this series with me, I tend to start and stop a lot based yeah, on we, my emotional but, reaction. Yeah. And like I started and stopped a lot <laughs> watching Gretzko. Uh, but, but yeah, it's like these situations feel like extremely real, and like I could totally see an Anai happening in like a workplace or yeah, some like a, a person like Anai actually being with you mm-hmm. like in a workplace right yeah but what's important for an eye is that i think what's the two important things is that um like with that's like with uh tabai and an eye yeah like finding that connection with that person finding that one person that makes you feel comfortable in a work environment yeah or it's like that kind of empathy that happens because of like that shared connection yeah in this case uh, octopus sausages and ventos mm-hmm. and um like two is you know involving them more it's like asking more of them mm-hmm. like setting that expectation because what if like anai never made the yakisoba or yeah what if the buy never like encouraged them to do something yeah because like the word she used was that he she said to him you know what to do mm-hmm implying that like Anai has that potential but he needs someone else to push him right and that was what Tabai is for Anai yeah and I think it's really cool that like 
when I saw on, tw- on Twitter, whatever yeah. I read, a lot of people didn't like Anai. But, like, the more I started thinking more about him, like, the more I started, like, do really mm. and, like, feel more yeah. about him. It's like, I think he's cool. So, in managerial business theory, that's called mentoring over coaching. Yeah. Coaching is given instruction, which is what uh, Retzko attempted to do. But mentorship is about the emotional capabilities of the person that you are trying to motivate to do things. Yeah. So Retzko tries a coaching approach while uh, Kabe? Kabai. Kabai uh, goes for a mentorship approach, uh, just trying to let a knight internalize his own efforts instead of just beginning you can do it and said you know you can do it yeah Yeah. i felt like i read that before yes (laughs) my professional development it's like super basic it's a common right managerial uh theory this is so sometimes you just need to be empathetic for people always be and not reacting to their emotions it could always be you all right moving on always be you to uh the other arc is uh like well the well there's like four arcs that are happening but um, we well it's talk- like this is the three main characters that like yeah. get involved in the second season right the second one I think being is um, Agretzico's mother right and like the thing with what Agretzico's mother brings up in this season is the notion of like dating the notion of settling down yeah and like this whole thing of if you're not gonna be like actively seeking a suitor then I'll do it for you um I think the thing that I saw with Agretzico's mom well of course it's like a catalyst for um for Retsuko to actually think about dating yeah right but also like just the notion or basically what she does is like implants the seed in Retsuko's head that she needs to find so she's getting too old despite being 25 and like she needs to settle down with someone cause like you're just gonna get older mm-hmm. and you're probably gonna end up like gory yeah <laughs> not, not, to, not, not to directly fun, but not to be fun gory I think gory's cool gory's great but you know but like Retsuko's mother brings like that seed into her life right and like really disrupts what Retsuko actually or what Retsuko was doing previously, which is like you know, lazing around, mm-hmm. going to her job, and going kind of back to work, thing. just sleeping. Yeah, I can relate. Um, and the idea of choosing a partner based on stability over, I guess, genuine. I'm mean, gonna use the word affection. For the lack of a yeah, better sure. term. Sure. Like someone that... General attraction. Genuine attraction. Right. Doing, choosing stability over genuine attraction. Um, I remember... Do, I, I'm going to use another personal anecdote. I, I got one more in me. Um, my mother had a coworker that she was very close to. And for a long time... She told me that I was going to marry his daughter, who I'd never met at that point yeah, in my it's life. It's kind of like a, an arranged marriage kind of deal. Yeah, I was like eight, and it kind of it went for years. That I was like, 
every time I saw him, I never saw his daughter. And it was always like, oh, hey, it's your future father-in-law. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I'll roll with it because I don't know any better. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, who am I to argue with my, my mom and dad? Yeah, and I don't think I met her until, like, I was, like, 16. And I asked her, like, hey, did your dad ever tell you, like, yeah, it's like this, this thing, arrangement this. thing? And she's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. And we were like, don't you have a boyfriend? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, don't you have a girlfriend? And I'm like, yeah. So I don't really get why it was arranged in the first place. I can get why uh, Retsuko's mom did it because she didn't really have anything going on. Yeah. besides like the work cycle but um at least growing up maybe this is also a big gender thing my mom would tell my sister like hey you're gonna rare you're gonna marry a rich man not that you don't have professional um you don't have like what's this word professional motivation to like make something of yourself you don't have potential but you should. Yeah, it's like that's... I feel like that's a thing their parents tell them. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah. It's like, you pass it down. I also think it's kind of like, it's kind of like jokey fun, yeah. but also kind of like serious. Yeah, especially and, yeah. when she's given the photoshopped, like, oh, yeah, portrait like, yeah. booklets. Of, like, these suitors. Yeah. And, like, it's also the thing, putting into the mom's perspective, mm-hmm. like, the mom's getting older, you know. Yeah. And like the mom's gonna have to want to have grandchildren mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. And it's like he's really like pushy on Retsuko. Yeah. Because of that. Mm-hmm. And like, do do you feel like a Retsuko's mother or Retsuko's mother feels well or means well by doing this? I do. I like I. I get it's like it feels, why. Yeah, it's like there, there's a there's a logic behind. She, it, she's right? worried. Yeah. She wants her daughter to be happy. Yeah, in like, a way, at least stable. Yeah, which is what I see as the most um, foundation of why she's doing this. She doesn't want her daughter to live on her own, like kind of dead end job. She's kind of, like, worried about, like, her not taking care of herself. Right, right. And it's, like, that's the whole reason she comes by and, like, cooks for her. Mm -hmm. And, like, cleans her apartment. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, an invasion of her privacy. But, you know. And to her credit, Retsuko's kind of into it for, like, a little bit. Like, she starts daydreaming. She kind of forgets that this is set up. Yeah. And she kind of likes the guy. Yeah, it's, like... The seeds been planted, like the ideologies there, and like it, it, it basically becomes like the catalyst of um, what is to come later in the series. We'll talk about pretty soon. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I I also think Agretzko's mom is a pretty cool. Character. Yeah, she's a little bit selfish and like yeah. what she wants Retsuko to do. And but, um, the guy uh, Shiroda, yeah, I think his name is the, the bear, the bear, the big bear man, like. He's from what I mean, what's described is he's not awful. He makes good money. He has what seems to be a very nice family that's also thinking about his stability. 
Not not that I'm proponing that arranged marriages are good, but there are well intentions behind it. Yeah, it's like this is kind of like a matchmaking. Yeah. Service, kind of deal. And and like she offers like Retsuko good advice, you know. It's yeah. Like, it's something along the lines of um. You're kind of like just getting older, so you might as well just do it, even mm-hmm. though you're scared. Mm-hmm. And like, Retsuko loses her chance with him, mm-hmm. and like loses chances here and there, but he gets one more chance with, I think the, the hottest, cutest boy uh, <laughs> in season two. What's his name? Tadano. Big T. Tadano. Oh boy. I love Tadano. Oh, Tadano. <laughs> He's my favorite. He. He he breaks my heart, and in, in that that episode, wait okay. So Tadano is Retsuko's love interest for the second half of the series, I guess. Uh, I, I when they start being call, a thing, they they start like dating, like the later half, like the last two three episodes. Two three episodes, yeah. But um, I don't know. Like in general. Tadano he's <laughs> the reason I find him so attractive and hot mm. uh, he's just, just a really like, laid back guy and it's like you don't really expect him to be much because they met at the like basically what is the American equivalent of a driver's ed training school yep I was gonna say DMV but like nope. the driver's ed training school and you know and it's like it's just really approachable but it's like really chill and like his his nickname for Retsuko is really cute. Oh god, I don't Retsy. like it. It's awesome. I don't I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> it's awesome. But regardless, even the, the way he says Retsy to her, I yes. throw up if anyone <laughs> called me something like that. Andy, don't. Um, but uh, you know, it's like that's how like they met drivers of training school, mm-hmm. and then like because of Retsuko's mom implanting that catalyst seed of dating. Uh, Retsuko like starts thinking about him more and more, and you know, and I think the cool thing for the season two is that Retsuko became interested in Tadano by his character and his personality before he figured out that he was his mogul, yeah, <laughs> mogul AI creator, billionaire tech boy. Yeah, what do you think about Tadano? Do you love him? Do you hate him? Did you start the, to like the him? idea of Tadano is great because of how the ending of his and Resco's relationship okay. ends. So what do you what do you mean by the idea of Tadano? Like Um like to many people Tadano would be considered like the boy, like the perfect partner. Like this laid back yeah. guy, tons of money. Technically, the his ideas of like philanthropy of like no one has to work ever again because yeah. I'm going to create this it's AI like, that can do everything. It's kind of like he literally says destroy capitalism. Yeah, yeah, like the capitalism he, is the evil. He's someone's like dream boy. Yeah, but and as much as he is very accepting of who Retsuko is. Um, I like that at the end, Retsuko understands that his lifestyle isn't for her. Yeah. Uh, and, and I yeah. think that 
makes him not he's a character but he's also a great plot device yeah for her because i think with season two too like the whole part of it is retsuko admitting to herself certain things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like with um like ultimately with tadano like and i think it's really cool seeing uh retsuko get advice from tone yeah basically tone calling her out of like this isn't what you really want is it yeah and like Retsuko finally admitting to herself that this isn't what she wants. It's yeah. basically uh, Tadano's lifestyle, like doesn't is is cool yeah. and great. Like she, she's accepting of Tadano's lifestyle, but it isn't what she wants. Yeah, and like that's always like a hard decision to make, even it's beyond relationships. Such you know? a hard decision, and it's I like th- an opportunity comes along, and it's like if it's taking you somewhere that you don't want to go, mm. then it's like. Should I jump ship? Right. Or should I date this cute boy and be unhappy forever? Yeah. Um, I think it plays upon the idea of self-satisfaction. Because he's giving her a life in which she ha- she can do nothing. And she will be taken care of. And for some people, that's a dream come true. But for her, there are certain aspects of her life that she still wants to develop. Yeah. Because he says to her, you don't have to work anymore. Yeah, it's like, and why don't you just quit your job? No, she like, wants to work. She likes her coworkers. She likes yeah. what she does. Yeah, and it's like, it's a point of stability. And yeah. It's like, it's what she's always kind of known. Mm-hmm. of like Self-sufficiency. Yeah, and it's like, uh, being able just to do a task based mm-hmm. on like a, what an upper person says mm-hmm. like you need to do. Yeah. And like for some people that may like seem off putting for like but for Retsuko that's what she wants. Yeah. yeah. Um I resonate pretty pretty hard with Retsuko's decision. I probably personally I might have like <laughs> stayed a little longer for, you know, self indulgent reasons. Yeah. But the idea of feeling self satisfaction is very important to me. Uh, like being handed things doesn't exactly feel great. Yeah. Um, I like that. I mean, I don't like that they broke up. I don't like that Retsuko's unhappy. But I think it's a really good plot device because you kind of see in a lot of like media where Tadano would just be considered like the finale episode. Yeah. The so main character gets married and they're taken care of forever and they're happy in the end. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's like this whole series is willing to do that because we've seen her first relationship with the uh, Space Cadet. Oh, boy. I, I love that. I have, I've always loved his name, though. Space, Space Cadet. Cadet. Yeah. And, like, he's just so spacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it with uh, Haida, you know, the breakup. Yeah. Or not the breakup, the rejection. Yeah. And, like, now we see it with Tadano of, like, sometimes these things just need to happen. Yeah. She's... Figuring out what she wants. Yeah. And like relating it back to our age group, you know, you're in, we're basically uh, in our mid 20s. Yeah. And it's like, I feel that way, like figuring out what I actually want. Do you feel yeah. that way? Uh, I know what I want. It's simply a matter of time. Yeah. I've, I have figured out what I need in a partner and I like. My, I'm, I'm very fond of my current partner, 
Um, but, you know, trying to make this as least personal as possible. Um, there are certain things that I want out of a relationship. And those two things between what I want and what a partner wants can sometimes work out. And there are sometimes differences that can never be yeah. um, compromised over. Like her idea of marriage. It may be a just a dumb ritual to, for people. But she needs the ritual to be happy. And I get it. I'd like to be married someday. Uh, maybe not to the extent of what my parents would consider uh, actual marriage. With, you know, whatever the cultural the rituals big, is within my... Siesta. Yeah. Like a big party. I don't particularly care for that. But um, I get where Retzko's come from. That she needs it. And it's kind of incompromisable. Yeah, I think even with, like, even just beyond uh, looking for, like, a love partner, too. It's, like, this, the end of this, like, arc was, like, how Retsuko basically, basically she sees how she wants to, like, live her life different. Yeah. Because she needs to admit more of what she wants. Yeah. Rather than, you know, it's, like. Tadano just charming her. Yeah. You know, and like, just kind of giving into her, like his lifestyle. Her. Yeah. But now that like she's more firm about mm. what she actually wants, so like really understanding what she she actually wants. Mm. Basically like what you were saying about the marriage too. Like it's more like not needs, but like she really like actually did that desires. Mm. It's like what it means to get married. It's like that idea of settling mm. down. Mm. And um, yeah, it's it's really cool. I I felt like the, it's like one of the more powerful parts in the season two. Mm-hmm. And um, even like that contrast. What was her friend's name that moves out to Tokyo to do that the studio? Uh, I forgot girl, her name. Girl, right? Yeah. Um, like she goes out and sets like tries to open up bed business in like apartment studio and like she helps her move out and like all that stuff mm. and like um her name is Puko I think yeah Puko that's her name yeah and like I think like Aggresso questions her decision it's like why are you doing this yeah you're you're so fine just staying back mm. there and she's like well I gotta this is something I wanna try yeah and then um at the end at the very end you know like it turns out it didn't work out mm. and then like she, they just move out all their stuff and they're just eating ice cream in the apartment yeah. and it's like sometimes you just gotta try things out yeah and like Retsuko tried this out mm. with Tadano but like ultimately she didn't want to feel like she's lying to herself yeah. by staying with Tadano right and like bam we see the ending of <laughs> Retsuko season 2 but yeah I, I think the three characters we talked about, Anai, Aggressive's mother, and Tanana really make up the bulk of season two. Yeah, it does. Along with like the little things like you're saying about uh uh Gori and Oshimi. Because they kind of relate to uh Retsuko's mom and the kind of the Tadano arcs. Yeah, it's where like, yeah, it's like is where, it for her. Yeah, it's like they have two ide- different ideologies. Mm. And it's like Tadano and Retsuko Retsi 
have two different ideal or they end up having two different ideologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I want to <laughs> talk about too is like this is this for me. I'm like I'm a more visual person and I like seeing visual metaphors. Right. The the fact that Tadano was in driver's ed trying to learn how to drive a car mm-hmm. and then ultimately quitting, mm-hmm. but he understands how to ride an airplane. And then like when explaining why to Retsuko he doesn't want to drive. And it's like it has too many rules, man. Mm-hmm. And it's like with, it's like uh, with like uh, uh, navigating or navigating with an airplane. Like I don't have to like look to my left. I don't have to like turn on like, like uh, like light blinkers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it's like characterized as like being in an airplane for him. It's like there's no rules. Like he just goes. Yeah. Even though technically there's, there's I think there's more rules than probably is. The we're just car. not familiar with aviation law <laughs> but like the reason why Retsuko ends up doing the whole driving course mm-hmm. first off it's built built upon a lie yeah. of like she's busy during the weekend Yeah. but ultimately she wants to like she tried this new thing and she wants to like, go and travel with Gori and Mishimi and like at that very end you see Tadano in the airplane driving off to the right of the screen while Retsuko is driving off to the left of the screen uh, like just really like end caps that characteristic of both of them going two separate directions but they're on the same screen meaning like they both have a connection but still using that mode of transportation right the the car with like lots of rules and stuff and then the airplane with like this characteristic of being free mm. And away from the ground. I don't know. I think Tadano's really cool. Even though I only like him because of like his arc and like his um um what what he basically brought for Retsuko was that allowing Retsuko to understand more about herself. Yeah. Yeah. Any closing thoughts about Tadano? Do you think he's hot too? Um <laughs> he's a comrade. <laughs> There's that. Um, I had yeah, a strike. Late stage capitalism. Uh, there, there's a lot of. Well, I was mostly interested in like his philosophy of trying to destroy late stage capitalism. Yeah. But um, it's like automate all the labor, right? And then you have more creativity for everybody else. And which... like, bam better life could be whether good. you agree could with that or be not bad. you know who knows you know we, we'll have a comment section maybe you could email about us no jesus political thoughts no, I'd about not destroying lacy capitalism and socialism you know but um, i think yeah it's like it's really interesting and really cool to be mm-hmm. put in season two yeah with that i like the donna such a at least for me like an interesting character mm-hmm. and like the whole tadano and Retsi, like arc, a couple of episodes mm. where I think, I personally think it's like it's the most fun I had watching this series, because like yeah. I was like emotionally reacting to it, right? But also like, I don't know, Tadana's pretty hot. You keep saying that. It's, All right, it's true. We're good. It's All true. right. Um. All right. <laughs> we're so that's basically most of Agretzico. Um, overall, 
I really liked it. I I know you said told me before you like season one more than season two. I do. I I relate more to the struggles, I guess. Yeah, and I think with me for season two, which I like more than season one, is because I'm kind of like a hopeless romantic. You, you know? are. I like romance animes and just how relationship work and function. But the way Agretzico does it, like it's willing to do the breakups, it's willing to like do the Haida thing where mm. it's like no thank you Haida. yeah it's like i i know how you feel about me but mm-hmm. honestly that christmas episode just really broke my heart but yeah. like i understand sometimes unrequited love is unrequited haha <laughs> uh, it's okay anyway Anyways. moving on i kind of hope it was there an announcement of a third season or not i wasn't uh, there isn't an official announcement. You know, it's always still up in the air. That's always true. Even after season one, mm-hmm. there wasn't like an immediate news after season right. two. But I would like to see more of Gretzico. Uh I want to see them take on things like, like uh, career envy, um, which is something very personal to me. Mm-hmm. Like seeing acquaintances or like former classmates or former colleagues like doing so much better than you are mm-hmm. like oh yeah hey remember you know that guy you used to go to school with he's a ceo now and you're like oh that's cool and kind of like being incredibly self-conscious of your achievements yeah in the face of like others what yeah. seems to be better achievements but you yeah. know you never really know it's like comparing yourself to like other people in your like in your yeah either your social circle, social circle or you like your age group yeah. or something like that i think that'd be a fun maybe not a fun <laughs> but an interesting you know, thing fun in a way to to watch yeah know, and yeah see how someone would navigate it i think for me i honestly would like to see more of um romance stuff in terms mm-hmm. of like maybe not just where to go but like mm. How how's Haida doing? You know yeah, how's yeah. how's Haida doing? No, you just want to see Haida, dude. This, also, to bring back the final episode mm-hmm. where Fushimi Gori yeah. and Haida yeah. like always banded together yeah. to bring Tadano to the karaoke place. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's like the ending of Mass Effect Two. <laughs> no, Jesus. Like, everybody, like everyone plays the part. Everyone just does their part, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you got a mission to do. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> You just hustle them into the karaoke room to do the I feel do it. the deed, you know. But um, yeah, I'd like to see where Retsuko goes from here in terms of like understanding herself better, and, right. like understanding her life better. But yeah, yeah, that's that's Retsuko season two. We hope you enjoyed this uh, personal look through, talking about not really, not really review, not really a dissection more just a discussion a discussion kind of like an analysis of uh yeah what these three characters meant to us and what the series meant to us um yeah we uh we hope that you enjoy this episode we we always make a promise of doing more and (laughs) we may whatever way the wind blows we're we're, we're figuring things out yes we're uh this is new to us and we appreciate you for saying this far and listening to us. Mm-hmm. 
uh, many many hugs and <laughs> wishes yes. to you and your well-being yeah. for making it this far. We again don't know how often we can do this. Um, me and Renard. It's no, RJ. Or, sorry. You said it's RJ. Me and RJ uh, no longer see each other as often as we'd like. Uh, okay. That, so we, we have the means. We do. We have just the refuse means. to do it. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, our main talking, like the main uh, Twitter for this podcast is um, at Koopa Talks. I believe it think it'll, it'll be on it'll be on a description link yeah um you can follow me at mock Knight uh on twitter uh where you can, can follow you follow me just look up uh summer Kurtz. it's german for some reason um <laughs> you'll figure it out all right um we're planning to do more depending on our schedules availability and, stuff. and yeah if you if you like us feel free to like give us a comment somewhere we'll have our email up we'll have our things yeah. up if you want any or if you have any suggestions for us or email any us questions for us or you know, dm or something yeah DM, DM, we'll, we'll, there'll, there'll be a way yeah you're tech savvy if you found this podcast you you found a way <laughs> yeah you found <laughs> you us. found us and we appreciate it we also wonder how you found us but you know you appreciate us still okay all right this is koopa talks Signing off again. This is RJ, also known as Mognite. This is uh, Andrew, also known as uh, Sumer Kurtz. And we'd like to wish you a very good goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs>